Hello and welcome. It's us, it's us, your fabulous flowers, Twosome, gathering together once more to give you this episode 26 of our podcast. Present and correct and armed with floral facts for your listening pleasure are myself, Lucy Nolan, and our very talented celebrity florist, Paulie Hawkins. Paulie, it's so lovely to once more be united in the name of flowers. How are you? I'm very well, darling, very well indeed. And it's absolutely lovely to be united with you in the name of flowers yet again for episode 26. I know. Amazing. And how's everything in Sussex? Tell me now. Yes, it's wonderful. Thank you very much. Uh, It's a lovely day today. We've had a few squally showers over the last few days, but today's very nice. And I'm preparing all things tent and boot for my daughter who's doing her Duke of Edinburgh Silver Award this weekend. So just gathering together a few cups and plates and fire lighters and sticks and things like that. Um, But yes, no, all good. Thank you very much. How's, How's your week panned out so far in London? Just absolutely full of lovely floweriness. I've been using some really fabulous kind of splashy hot pink gladioli, which I've been adoring and they're great for this time of year. So they've been putting a spring in my step. But um, I was just thinking about Orla, your gorgeous daughter, um, doing her Duke of Edinburgh thing and all these tinkery sort of pots and pans and collapsible things that, and lots of owl involved in all that sort of thing. I remember as a child doing that and hating that sort of thing. Lots of, I don't know, putting up tents and things that make you go, ow, oh, no, don't like that. A bit no. of ging-gang-gooly-gooly, you know. Yes, not, not, <laughs> never really been my thing, Paulie. Anything to do with a tent. I'm much happier nope. in a decent bed and breakfast or even a, be- a boutique hotel. Um, yes. Where's the en suite, you know? Quite right. If it doesn't flush next door, I'm not interested. Um, anyway, so let's move on to this week's floral business. Uh, tell us, Paulie, tell everyone, I know, but you're going to tell everyone what we're doing. Okay, listeners, lovely listeners, this week we are going to discuss a cottage garden classic, very dear to our hearts here at Fabulous Flowers, and it is the Antirhinum. That's it, folks. The Antirhinum, better known as, colloquially, the Snapdragon, the charming Snapdragon. Lucy, are you um, au fait with this little gorgeous bloom, darling? I am, actually, yes. I remember it very fondly from my childhood in Hove, where I grew up. And uh, we had lots in the garden. And I remember, I think I must have been very small because they were just the right height to be sort of eye level or very reachable. And I remember the touch of the feel of them. Uh, They were a little bit frilly, a little bit delicate. And I remember my mother leaning over and showing me how to pinch the sides and the the flower opened just like a little dragon's mouth and then snapped shut again. So I remember being fascinated by those growing in the borders in Hove. So yes, big fan. Ah, lovely. And I can imagine all those sort of wonderfully sort of garish and fabulous 70s colours, sort of hot hot sort of pinks and acidy yellows. Marvellous. They're such a dear old cottage garden favourite and I I use them regularly um, in my floristry and they're Mm. sort of they're not kind of your 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 kind of your what I always call a star performer, but they're they're a bit like the stock. They're um they're great in an all mass situation. I love a heaving vase of just all white ones, softened with some dreamy scented eucalyptus. That would be mm. that would be quite a classy look. Um, but um, they don't veer towards the slightly fun funky flowers like gladioli or dahlias. They they really hold their own in the floral integrity stakes, Lucy and. Um, and as a farmed flower, you know, in England or in Holland, um, they come in quite a good length because I know when they grow in the borders, they're quite short, but mm. they can grow to up to 60 or 80 centimetres. And they're a, 
they're a super foil in a large urn decoration mm. and they contrast nicely with great big blooms such as dahlias and peonies and and hydrangeas and and this time of year i love to use the deep burgundy and kind of hot mm. orangey shocking pink ones because they're just perfect for hot floral decorations but um but when you're conditioning them which is the bit i always go on about it's the bit mm. you know you do before you use them best to do it the day before um you should remove all the leaves which grow profusely down the stem otherwise the leaves will turn your water soupy and horrid and and um, do you know what? I've got a little tip here. I'm just thinking that, mm. you know, I usually say you know, pop a bit of bleach in, but mm. equally good would be mm. popping a little bit of vinegar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not your balsamic, just kind of any old, you know. White vinegar, cider vinegar. Quite. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, mm. Did you say cider? I cider vinegar. That. Cider vinegar, <sighs> yes. Cider, cider. Um, <laughs> but a, a good way of testing how fresh your snapdragons are when you get mm -hmm. them from the flower shop or yep. the supermarket yep. is if the leaves come off with ease, they're fresh as a daisy. Ooh. See what I did there? Yep. Nice. Um, but if they're stubborn and difficult to remove, this means they've been hanging around in cold storage and they're kind of not going to last very long. Have you ever found snapdragon leaves hard to remove, Lou? Um. I can't say that I have because I don't, to be honest, I don't use them enough in floral arrangements of my, when I say floral arrangements, that oh, in my dreams, I don't stick flowers in a vase using snapdragons very often, I have to say. I would probably get them from my garden or I don't see them much around because I suppose, I don't know, maybe they're not as common as other flowers that I would use. But uh, no, so I didn't know that. Mm. Mm. I mean, the, the, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I adore using them, and um, you know, in my work, I'm so lucky to have so many gorgeous boys and girls who work with me, and I know that when we're doing a party, I can just give them all the ingredients, the flowers, the foliages, put mm. them by the container. I can disappear off, scream in the woods, talk to the client, deal with the party planner, and I know I can come back, and a beautiful arrangement would have been done, and. I'm just so lucky because they completely interpret the look that I want. Um, and it's just, I'm just so lucky to have them. And there's a, a massive mm. trust with them. But I am I am heading towards a little Snapdragon story here, Lou. Mm. Oh, yes. Um, but just a quick question, though, before you do. Yeah. So when you go to your um, clients and you leave your mm. lovely girls and boys, do you have you sat down with them before and said, right, this is what we're going to use. This is how we're going to do it. This is what I envisage. How how does it work when you're popping off and dealing with everybody and you leave them to do what you've just discussed? How does it work? I would every single bloom has been spoken for in advance. Mm. I would I like to get inside the client's head. So there are no nasty surprises. So mm. they will be sometimes I take them to the market, which is great. Mm. Um, but they I know and they know every single shade of rose, snapdragon, whatever yeah. we're using, only because yeah. especially if you're in the middle of nowhere, you can't suddenly and the client, you know, I like it to get all signed off. The client can't yes. turn around and say, oh, yellow rose. Yes, we definitely chose a yellow rose. So okay. um, only because I hate the idea of the client not loving it. And I like to over mm. what's the word? Over, yeah no that's but you know more is more so when you when you arrive at the venue your girls mm. and boys know mm. what you are expecting them to do roughly they know kind of you know the things that you're going to be expected to put together 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll send them a job sheet, which they pretend yeah. to read. <laughs> I shouldn't say that's very mean. I bet um, they do. No, they're brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'll just, you know, there are two big urns there. But mm. um, it's just it's just a lovely thing. And I'm so lucky to have them. Mm. And they're, they're just so, you know, just know my style. And um, it just reminds me of a, a lovely, a lovely little um, job I did last year. And um that was such a sweet church and I gave one of my lovely girls a whole bunch of flowers to do and we were running really late the bride and groom were about to arrive almost and I just I was running around sort of you know we'd done huge great trees outside the church and log baskets of hydrangeas I'll, mm. I'll put a picture up on the old mm. fabulous flowers tv instagram mm. but I remember coming back and all I can remember are these amazing orange um hi, uh, uh, sorry in um snapdragons uh, poking out of this incredible arrangement and uh, it had just been done in seconds and I just love them love them love them and I, I mm. actually I always call them decorations rather than arrangements yes and it just reminds me to quote my floral god Kenneth Turner yes um, this is a bit snobby but I love it floral decorating is to flower arranging what painting is to coloring by numbers oh that that told me then <laughs> Well, anyway. no, because he's a floral decorator, and I think it just echoes yes. his love of Fair very enough. natural decorating, and rather than mm. over arranging and torturing mm. the flowers, his yeah. signature style was just to kind of throw them together and look like how they're growing. And um, I know that Ken is a huge fan of the old snapdragon, but um, mm. they come in such a wonderful myriad of colours. Uh, you name the colour, there's a snapdragon in that very colour. And um, go and get some snaps. As we florists call them, oh, pop them in a vase. Yeah, snaps to you. Yeah, get in, in the know with the florists. Like that. Pop, pop them in a vase and just enjoy them. Oh, I love that. So, well, I have a few snaps facts. Um, <laughs> they have been grown since the rise of the Roman Empire, and the botanical name of the flower, Antirrhinum magus, in Greek, the word anti means like, while rhinum means snout. So the flower looks like the jaws and snout of a dragon. Children love snapdragons because squeezing the side of the flower makes the jaw open and then snap shut when released. As I was discussing earlier, my fond memories of my parents' garden in Hove. The flowers were originally white and purple, but today, as Paulie has discussed just now, they come in all kinds of colours and sizes. And the sizes vary from six inches to four feet tall. Snapdragons originated in the Mediterranean region of southern Europe and have spread throughout the world. They were brought to America when colonists began to populate the states and planted them in gardens in almost every state. Snapdragons are easy to grow and were given the title of Flower of the Year in 1994 by the United States National Garden Bureau. So there's a fun snap fact for you. Wow. <laughs> hmm. The Romans and the Greeks thought snapdragons had the power to protect them from witchcraft. Descorides, the Greek physician, wrote that protection would be given to the person that wore snapdragons around their neck. In the medieval period, snapdragons were thought to be the guardians of the European castles and so were planted near the gates. Women boiled snapdragons and applied the resulting infusion to their faces to keep them beautiful and restore their youth. Crikey, Paulie, I think we'd need quite a few snapdragons for you and me to do that. Yeah, I'm going to ditch the Clarins, you know, mm. it's, it's snapdragons all the way. <laughs> Let's go snapdragons. 
Snapdragons were considered one of the most popular cut flowers during the 1950s, and today we have three types of snapdragon, including the dragon jaws, butterflies, and double azalea types, all of which are popular in the gardens all over the world. I just love all those facts, Lucy. I, mm. Gosh, I mean, you know, applying them to your face. Yeah. I know. We'll give that a go. If you're suddenly looking rather youthful next week, you know, yes. I know you've been on the snaps again. Mm. Um, but now, Lou, we're going to shuffle onto our floriography focus for this episode. Mm -hmm. And this time we have uncovered and are delighted to be able to share with you all some really great knowledge and fun facts on the beautiful flower, which is the iris. Love that. Lovely name for a girl, iris. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes its name from the Greek word for a rainbow, which is also the name for the Greek goddess of the rainbow, Aris. Lovely. Oh, mm. I love that. But in Greek mythology, Aris was said to carry messages from heaven to earth on the arc of a rainbow. She was known to carry female souls from earth to heaven. And even today, purple irises are planted on women's graves. Mm, that's rather that's lovely. very nice really touching but the iris flower is the symbol of the french fleur-de-lis emblem yes i can see that mm. and the fleur-de-lis has been associated with france since king louis the seventh adopted it as its symbol in the 12th century i thought i was about to have some latin there I'm not worried about. no no not this time <laughs> but the red flip <laughs> a few but the red fleur-de-lis in the coat of arms of the flag of florence italy um, descends from the white iris, which is native to Florence, and which grew even in its city walls. Um, but in Christianity, the iris represents Our Lady of Sorrows, and its sharp leaves are like swords. Hmm, I suppose they are, aren't they? Doing yeah. that kind of different direction thing. Mm. Do you like a fleur-de-lis, Lou? Oh, yes, love a fleur-de-lis. I think that can be applied on many uses, you know, all sorts of decorations and floral emblems and yeah i love it yeah i remember getting quite artistic as a teenager and lining my wardrobe with fleur-de-lis wallpaper thinking it was a little Ooh. bit kind of um, yes but anyway french king clovis the first from who was he was on the throne from 466 to 511 remember well um when he converted to christianity um he changed the symbol of his banner from three toads to irises because of its association with the virgin mary and finally, the artist Van Gogh painted several famous pictures of irises, as we all know. And those are well worth a Google because they're just stunning, aren't they? I mean, really mm. beautiful. All that yeah, they... dibby dabbing and daubing. Yes, they really are lovely. And he does use those colours so well. And they are well worth a Google because they are beautiful pictures. Um, mm. Here are a few more interesting floriography facts about the iris. In the Victorian era, when flowers were used to convey messages, Without the requirement for any words, the iris generally represented faith, valour, wisdom and friendship. However, specific blooms sent individual messages from the sender, so yellow irises symbolised passion, purple irises symbolised loyalty, royalty and wisdom, and blue irises symbolised faith and hope, while the white iris symbolised purity and friendship. Well, that's all rather wonderful, isn't it, Paulie? I love, I love these floriography facts, and I always feel after done the podcast that I sort of walk away with a little bit of a kind of a 
it's kind of a little bit of a spring in my step. I just love it. And of course, it's lovely to hear all my stories back to me. Um, and I love kind of scrubbling around in the archives and mm. telling a few old fun stories. But yeah. it just ends up such a being an interesting mixture, which I love. And I love hearing your floral, interesting facts and figures, darling. Yes, they're good, aren't they? I completely agree. There's always so much to uncover in the world of flowers. It is like a bottomless vase or vessel, as you would say. <laughs> it does seem to go on forever. Um, so now, as we are approaching the middle of October, we move on to another one of our zodiac flowers for one of the autumnal birthdays. And in this episode, everybody, we're going to focus on Scorpio. So if you are a Scorpio or you know one, this might be of particular interest for you. Scorpio dates are October the 23rd to November the 21st. Uh, they are passionate, creative, intellectual. Just a few of the characteristics shared by Scorpios. They're extremely passionate individuals who aren't scared to stand up for what they believe in. They enjoy traveling the world. They're very curious creatures and they love to embark on new adventures. They also have a sensitive side and because of this are sometimes privy to anxiety. Above all, they're seductive and independent and will always care for those around them. Mm, they absolutely do, Lucy. And I know my other half is a Scorpio, so I'm kind of gleaning a bit from that. So I'm um, giving it a go anyway. That's that's all marvellous. Love that. And the flower mostly associated with Scorpios are geraniums, mm. love those, especially the smelly scented ones, mm. and other deep red flowers. So a bouquet of dark red geraniums, heather and honeysuckle is the ideal option for a Scorpio as it portrays a dramatic yet mysterious persona. Mm. So really, when buying a bouquet of flowers for a Scorpio, choose hot, deep hues such mm. as rich mahogany and deep red. Um, floral species that match the personality of a Scorpio include rhododendrons, orchids, passion flowers and roses. Um, but plants and trees that complement sorry, plants and trees that complement this star sign include cypress, love a cypress, mm. hawthorn, lovely from the hedgerows, and of course the lovely acacia tree. Celebrities who belong to the Scorpio sign include Demi Moore. Is it Demi or Demi? Demi. 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 Um, Julia Roberts, Anne Hathaway, Brian Gosling. Mm. Kind of a pause there. Ryan Gosling, um, Hillary Clinton, <laughs> uh, YouTube star PewDiePie. PewDiePie. Oh, who's that? Oh, Paulie, I can't. If you don't know, there's no point in me explaining. But PewDiePie. Get with the kids. Massive, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, ancient. Whoopi Goldberg, hmm? Katy Perry, Drake, another one I'm supposed to know. Yeah. York and the rock guitarist and singer Brian Adams. Yes, Brian yes. Adams. I love Brian Adams. I did a wonderful job with Brian Adams. We made a gorgeous video for him. In uh, We filmed it in LA, Los Angeles. And then we did all the post-production, so the kind of knitting together of it, back in London. And uh, so he, he flew back into London and I was in London. And we met at the um, post-production house and worked very hard on making it all look totally fabulous. And he was a total legend and is a total legend and is rather amazing. And it just so happened that the evening that we had finished doing the music video for him was, in fact, my birthday on that day. And, Stop it. And he is uh, also a Scorpio, like myself. And I had arranged a little soiree. In fact, you were at my soiree, Paulie, which was at a club in London in mm. Dean Street. 
And so uh, there was a bit of chat going on at the back of the uh, the editing suite. And Brian said, oh, what, what's going on? Then what's the chat? And I said, and so somebody said, oh, it's Lucy's birthday tonight. You know, she's having a few drinks, you know, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so he said, oh, he said, great. He said, I'm a, I'm a fellow Scorpio. He said, uh, I could come along to your party. Um, so, of course, everybody thought, Woof, that's rather amazing. And so I said, you know what? With the best will in the world, Brian, no thanks. And everyone, there was a bit of a hush fell across the edit suite. And he said, um, but why not? I said, Brian, I love you. I think you're amazing. But if you come to my party, it's going to be all about you. And this party <gasps> is all about me. And so he just was just, I know, but he's just laughing and he went, fair enough. He totally got it. But anyway, Brian, happy birthday. If you ever listen I to this. I love these. that. No, but you're absolutely right. Because it's, it's your party and you can cry if you yeah. want to. But I think. I'll invite who I want been, to. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit like having a famous bridesmaid. Um, you know, it just actually it just remind me of that. Who's that? Raquel Welsh. It's got nothing to do with um, snapdragons or anything. Um, but I remember when it was her daughter's wedding and she turned up mm. after her daughter. I don't know. It's the daughter's oh. wedding. Do you know what I mean? I think, yes. Yeah. And well done, yes. you darling. Anyway. I know. Mm. But everyone, we must get on with our little podcast. But I love that story, mm. Lee, Brian. I bet he's mm. lovely. Very lovely. Gorgeous. Um, he's really lovely. I bet. I bet. But. Everybody listener, listening now, we just have to let you know that we have a really great film available for all our Fabulous Flowers TV uh, listeners and watchers on our YouTube channel, made at the very wonderful Crosslands Flower Nursery down in West Sussex. Um, we spent a wonderful day there with fabulous Alstroemeria flowers being cultivated, seeing how they're grown, and I was able to use some gorgeous, gorgeous ones to create a fabulous centrepiece with a candle. And we met the amazing Ben Cross, a.k.a. Alstromeria Ben. That's his Instagram tag. And um, if you don't, you should really follow him. Um, it's Alstromeria Ben, all in one word. Really see. Yes, that is very true. And we all learned to do the British Flowers Rock symbol as well. So do follow Ben. He's amazing and inspiring and fabulous in equal measure. So I'm sure we'll be hooking up with him again at some point in the future. And it's so interesting, actually, hearing how he grows and supplies all his Austromeria. It is such a flower crime that so many supermarkets these days are turning away from so many brilliant and capable British flowers, British flower growers for the sake of a few pence in every bunch in favour of warming our climate by importing large quantities of flowers internationally. And those flowers tend to remain on ships for weeks and weeks in big containers, in tight bud, and then they get launched into the supermarkets. And then when you buy them and bring them home, they often don't open properly. They often don't smell. And why would you have all that carbon footprint when people like Ben and so many other British flower growers are growing beautiful British seasonal flowers? And the more I do and the more I get to meet all these people with Paulie, it just seems a no-brainer. And in fact, in any country, wherever you live, it may not be in Britain. Use what's grown in your country and you will support and help to preserve the flower industry wherever you are in the world. My goodness. Hear, hear, Lucy. Really um, well said. And I'm, you know, I'm very, very serious there. Just remember, it's go for grown, not flown, as we always say. And that will enable our seasonal flowers and flower growers or farmers to continue their incredible work. And as I always say, make friends with your local florist too. Order your flowers through them and help support a local business in your community. Um, and, you know, English flower, British flowers, they might not last as long as something farmed. Mm. But, hey, that's the beauty of it. Mm. 
exactly. Well, I must say, Paulie, I completely agree with all of that. And that was a right old rummage, wasn't it, through the floral drawer of anti-Rhinum and Iris facts and all of that, wouldn't you say? Yes, yes, absolutely. I just really enjoyed making this episode and I hope everyone out there enjoys listening to it as much as we enjoy making it. And please, please subscribe to our Fabulous Flowers TV channel over on YouTube and keep tagging us at Fabulous Flowers TV and send us your lovely floral decorations and creations. And I just must say, mm. we've had a lovely one in from um, Wendy, Wendy oh, James, yes. um, who lives in rural Gloucestershire. And she has popped in some lovely Alstromerian. She got them from a certain supermarket. Mm -hmm. um, and she's popped them in a vase on her kitchen table. And just pop over to our Instagram to have a look at those. They're fabulous. Mm, that sounds good. Ben would like those. Ultramaria Ben would enjoy those, I'm sure. Definitely, definitely. And yes, absolutely. We love a bit of floral inspiration. And talking of inspiration, Paulie, I'm feeling very inspired by the top shelf in my fridge today. Just going to open that door and see. I'm going to shut my eyes. I'm going to put my hand out and see which bottle I touch first. Could be like a kind of fridge minibar <laughs> roulette, if you will. Could be the Sauvignon. Could be the Bubbles. Could even be Lady Petrol. That's my code name for Rosé. Or it could be a nasty teenage alco pop. So I'm going to go in there this evening. I feel it's time. Uh, so until then, and until next week, it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. <laughs> I might do a little bit of snack drawer roulette uh, to accompany Ooh, yes. my beverage of choice this evening. And who knows, it could be anything. It could be an exotic flavoured crisp, a chilli coated nut, mm. or even a little Ooh. chocolate finger. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Ooh. But anyway, wish me luck. And until next time, everyone, it's a huge flowery goodbye from me. Bye.